0: All right, welcome back to our study in systematic theology. We are on number 13. We are looking at the communicable attributes of God. Um, Last time we looked at the incommunicable attributes. And uh, it's hard to believe we're already 13 sessions in. Next week we'll look at the will of God. But uh, this time um, we're looking at the, the attributes and it's important for a couple of reasons. One, um, theology, you know, itself, as we've discussed, is the study or knowledge of God. And uh, well, how can you how can you know or have any knowledge of God if you don't know what His nature and characteristics are, His His attributes? So it's important to study those. And then, as far as um, specifically the communicable attributes of God, um, the reason why that is so important, as we'll see in the video, it's talked about, but um, We're told in scripture in many places, uh basically, um to be to be like our Heavenly Father in some ways. And uh well how can we do that if he hasn't imparted some characteristics of himself to us? How can we be image bearers of of our Creator if we don't have some of his characteristics, although in a lesser form, but still nonetheless have inherited some characteristics from our Creator. So, um, similar to the last time, I'm going to start by uh, reading an article I found uh, specifically talking about the communicable attributes. And then after we watch our video, we'll, we'll go through our usual overview and, and discussion. But then I'm also going to bring into some uh, reading from our, our confession. We don't have a specific um, chapter or paragraph in our confession on attributes, but we do have several areas within the confession that, that touch on them. And I thought it would be good and and helpful to go through those and kind of look at how it relates to what we're studying today. Um, So we'll look at that when we do our discussion later. All right, so let's start off um, by looking at this article. Omnipotence, omniscience, omnipresence, infinity, self-existence, or aseity, which we learned about last time, these are all some of the incommunicable attributes of God, those attributes of our Creator that He does not share with His creatures. However, the Lord also has communicable attributes or attributes that he does share with human beings to at least some degree. Passages such as Genesis 1, 26-27, which teaches that we are made in God's image, presuppose that there are some things that human beings hold in common with the Creator that other creatures do not. We are like God in ways that nothing else in creation is like God although we are not so like him that there is no distinction between creator and creature. Furthermore, Paul's exhortation to imitate God in today's passage also indicates that human beings, particularly Christians, have the capacity to reflect the character of the Lord and his attributes in who they are and what they do. Ephesians 5.1 is a good reference. When we speak of God's communicable attributes, and don't worry, we'll look at Ephesians 5.1. Um I think it's actually quoted in the video. When we speak of God's communicable attributes, we are referring primarily to his moral attributes such as love, goodness, and kindness. In one sense we must not forget that there is a basic incommunicability of even these attributes. For insofar as such things as the love and goodness of God are infinite, we cannot imitate them. Nevertheless, because we bear God's image, There is a manner in which we exhibit these attributes by way of analogy. For example, the kind of love we have as creatures is not identical to the kind of love our Creator possesses. However, at the same time, our love is not wholly dissimilar, such that there is no point of contact whatsoever with the love of God. Our Creator loves truly that which is lovely. As regenerate people, we possess the capacity to do the same. Consider also God's attributes of holiness, and this will be discussed further in the video why the attribute of holiness, there's some debate about it, but he makes it pretty clear the reason why there's debate is there's the holiness in God's nature, and then there's the holiness in God's character. So he'll talk about that more in the video. But consider also God's attribute of holiness. The holiness of God encompasses several concepts, including the fact that he is inherently set apart from creation and and that he is morally pure, without any hint of darkness or sin. We cannot possess holiness in the sense of being inherently set apart from creation. However, by the renewing work of God's Spirit, Christians are continually purified over the course of our lives. Good reference for that is 1 John 3.3. Space prohibits us from studying all the Lord's communicable attributes. We close today with a brief look at wisdom. Our creator is the only wise God, Romans 16:27. But in his grace, he shares his wisdom with us. In our fallenness, we are foolish creatures. But our God has given us his word, by which he grants us wisdom by his spirit. Uh, another reference, Proverbs 1, 1 through 7. So I think that's helpful, uh, just as an introduction to what we're going to be looking at and studying. Um, so let's uh, let's pause now. We'll watch our video, and then we'll go through our overview and discussion, including uh, reading some from our confession. All right, we just finished our video. I think this one was helpful. I certainly did. All right, you've got your hymnals uh, there, which happen to have our confession in the back of them. If you want to use those as a reference. Because when we get to our discussion, we're going to uh, read from our confession a few passages and see how that relates to what we're studying here with the communicable attributes. So first, we'll start by going through our, uh, our overview. So, introduction. The characteristics of God that He shares with His creation is His communicable attributes. Here we explore some of those attributes and their importance for godly living. Uh, overview there are incommunicable and communicable attributes. Ephesians 5 1 tells us, therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. In order for us to imitate God, there must be certain things we share with Him, attributes that are communicable. For one attribute, holiness, there is some debate, resulting from the difference between God's holy nature and God's holy character, which he discussed. (laughs) Despite the teaching of some churches, like the Eastern Orthodox, for example, redemption does not include deification. What are the communicable attributes? Love, as confirmed by Paul, is shared by God and humans. The goodness of God can be imitated. We are called to be workers of justice, and God is just both internally and externally. We are not sinners because we sin, we sin because we are sinners. We are instructed by books such as Proverbs, James, and Song of Solomon to be wise, and God is wise. This is not a comprehensive list, but this covers some of the major attributes that are communicable. All right, let's look at our questions and answers. Um, Does regeneration enable us to share in the communicable attributes of God and also involve the deification of humanity? No, <laughs> we're, we're good on the first part of that question. We got off the rails on the second part. What attribute should not be confused with God's justice? It'd be his mercy or grace. What attribute is both communicable and incommunicable? And that's his holiness. We looked at that A why that's kind of separated between his nature and his character. What did God give to us that we might be wise? He gave us his word. Uh, What discipline does the Old Testament distinguish wisdom from? That would be knowledge, right? So often people like to confuse knowledge and wisdom. Who did Jesus say is the only one that is good? God. All right, let's look at our discussion questions. Um, what is the difference between communicable and incommunicable attributes? We've looked at it for two sessions now. Anyone?
1: attributes are um, attributes that are somewhat shared with God to a certain degree. Like Pastor David was talking about last Sunday or yesterday about the... Um, I guess that was RC Spoiler in the Sunday school mm-hmm. class. We was talking about the the inward use, the mm. the noetic effects of sin. Right. Is yeah, noetic, noetic effect, yeah. So, for instance, we can, like, God's love is communicable to us, but because of the noetic effects of sin, we can't fully attain to what we you know, should be able to um And the difference between the incommunicable is, like, just you know, the the meaning of the word itself, like that prefix, is that mm. it's not shared. So right. That, you know, God's holiness and the, the nature of God's holiness.
0: Right. Um, yeah, we looked at it last time. There are several incommunicable, whether it's his omnipotence omniscience. or omniscience or his infinity. I mean, there's eternality. um several things he cannot share with his, his creatures because we would no longer be creatures if that were right, right. the case. Um and uh, and he even talked about the silliness of God created God. You know, he talked about that last time. That that can't happen. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Why is holiness debatable regarding whether it is shared by humans? Why does that cause confusion? <laughs> So we kind of looked at the difference, right, between holiness and His nature, which is that God is, is above all, He's He's outside creation, He's above creation, um, obviously a creature cannot be above creation, right? So in that sense, God can't I mean, um, humans cannot be holy as God is holy. Um, but then we also talked about holiness of God's character, and that's more of um, His purity, and that's something we are actually called to do, commanded to do, uh, to be holy as God is holy, which we cannot perfectly do until we're glorified. But we can, in some small measure, uh, seek purity. So that it kind of makes sense why people might get it confused when they hear uh, holiness as being a something communicated to demand. <laughs> Okay, name four communicable attributes and how humans obtain these attributes. Love,
1: goodness, justice,
0: wisdom. Okay, good. Yeah, we went over there. Uh, love, goodness, justice, and wisdom. Um, give me an example like wisdom. How do we obtain wisdom? How do we obtain wisdom? Yeah.
1: By learning and knowledge, reading the Bible. And- right,
0: through His Word, right? His That's word. how we obtain the wisdom that God desires for us. Um, and how do we, let's see, um, goodness? I mean, how, how do we obtain goodness as, as God would define it? Define it? How, how can humans obtain goodness? It
1: goes back to the Bible loving your neighbor as yourself.
0: Yeah, and in fact, in some sense, every one of these attributes we look at, we say, well, how can, how can humans obtain them? Um, at least in, in part, it's, part of the answer is going to be through his word, right? Because we can't even understand what these attributes are without his word. Um, but we are definitely called to be imitators of God and, and of Christ as, as Christians, as his children. Um, so to, to understand that, we have to study his word. Um, how does the diagram in the video remember the circle that uh, Dr. Sproul uh, drew the justice circle I called it here um, how does it help us understand how it is righteous for God to have mercy on some but not others
1: I thought it was very helpful even going back to the verse I will have mercy on whom I for Esau I love and Jacob I hated. I will have mercy on whom I have mercy and compassion Mm. on whom I have compassion well, I like the way the hair is, bent, it's like, okay, well, why is that? Right. But it's, be- I mean, it goes back to the um, the just the inner circle. The um, I guess the injustice was the middle circle, um, and then- you mean justice. Yeah.
0: Justice um, was inside the circle, yeah. Right,
1: right, right. But I'm saying that. Yeah, circle. and outside, right. So it's two different kinds of justice and mercy. Right. So like his righteousness, when you say his righteousness was beholding to justice, whereas the mercy and grace were kind of at his disposal and at his will. Right. So they were never required to have mercy and grace. They weren't necessarily part of justice, but they were outside of justice.
0: Right. But they weren't part of injustice either, right? Right. Exactly. And that's the point he was trying to make. Yeah. And I think people often get it confused because we think of, um, I don't know, just an example. you got two kids, right, and... Um, they both went and cleaned their room, and so you, you give one kid a reward, and you tell the other kid, sorry, you don't get a reward. And that's how people like to think of you know, what God is doing. You're letting some people be saved, and, and some, being, you know, some are going to perish, and that's not fair. Because if you compare it to that analogy, that would not be fair. But the analogy really is, this kid did nothing, and this kid did nothing, and okay, I gave a lollipop to this kid and not the other one. But that, he didn't deserve the lollipop. Neither one of them deserved the lollipop. So I haven't really been unfair to anybody because neither one of them deserved it. Um, so that's that's the idea of uh, mercy not being injustice. All right. So let's look at uh, let's look at some of our readings, our chapters in our confession, and see kind of how this relates. Like I said, we don't have a. a One paragraph to read that says God's attributes, Um, but throughout our confession, it does deal with it in in some manner. So uh, let's look first. Look at um, we look at chapter two, paragraph one. Okay, and here I just wanted to want to see some of the attributes that are kind of mentioned throughout. So chapter 2 is of God and the and the Holy Trinity. Um so paragraph 1 says, "The Lord our God is but one only living and true God, whose subsistence is in and of himself and we we talked earlier in previous sessions about uh subsistence, infinite in being and perfection, whose essence cannot be comprehended by any but himself, a most pure spirit." invisible without body parts or passions who only hath immortality dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto who is immutable immense eternal incomprehensible almighty every way infinite most holy all right first let me stop there before i got to holy you see all those attributes that we would say are incommunicable right those are attributes of god that he cannot pass down to his creatures But now let's read on. Most holy, most wise, most free, most absolute, working all things according to the counsel of his own immutable and most righteous will for his own glory. So we see a couple there. We see holy. We talked about holiness and how from not a nature standpoint, but from a character standpoint, that is in small measure imputed to his creatures. Um, And wisdom talked about wisdom as well. Um, that he has, in some measure, given us the ability to be wise and given us the means to earn that wisdom through his word. Uh, Most free, we have freedom in Christ. We have freedom from the bondages of sin. So he has uh, attributed, in a small measure, freedom uh, to us as well. Uh, So continuing on. Most loving, we're called to to be loving, uh, as as, uh, Christ loved. Gracious, we talked about mercy and grace, and we are called to be merciful and and, and gracious uh, to others, just as God is merciful and gracious to us. Merciful, long suffering, uh, again, that is something we're called to be. Fruits of the Spirit, mention it. Abundant in goodness and truth, more attributes that are communicable. Forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin, uh, again, we're called to be forgiving. The rewarder of them that diligently seek him, and with all most just and terrible in his judgments, um, we do have a measure of justice uh, wired within us. Hating all sin, and who will by no means clear the guilty? So we can see kind of a, a list there, some of the attributes of, of God, some of which are incommunicable, some are communicable. Let's also look at uh, chapter 4, paragraph 2. Chapter 4 is on creation. So paragraph 2. After God had made all other creatures, He created man, male and female, with reasonable and mortal souls, rendering them fit unto that life to God for which they were created, being made after the image of God, in knowledge, righteousness, and true holiness, having the law of God written in their hearts, the power to fulfill it, and yet under a possibility of transgressing, being left to the liberty of their own will, which was subject to change. So here we see that we are made or created in the image of God. Um, so pretty much that by definition means we have to have had some attributes of God imparted to us because we are made in His image, right? And it even talks about um, knowledge and righteousness and holiness here too as well. Um, and it says the law of God written on our, our hearts. So obviously we have... not Innate sense of righteousness, uh, you know, attributed to us. All right, let's look at uh, chapter six, paragraph three and four. Chapter six is uh, of the fall of man, of sin, and of the punishment thereof. Looking uh, chapter our paragraph three. They being the root, and by God's appointment, standing in the room instead of all mankind, the guilt of the sin was imputed, and corrupted nature conveyed to all their posterity descending from them by ordinary generation, being now conceived in sin, and by nature children of wrath, the servants of sin, the subjects of death, and all other miseries, spiritual, temporal, and eternal, unless the Lord Jesus set them free. So here, you remember he mentioned uh, about how um, we we sin because we're sinners. It's not that we're sinners because we sin. And uh, here you can see, so we have inherited that. uh, We are by nature sinners. Paragraph 4. From this original corruption, whereby we are utterly indisposed, disabled, and made opposite to all good and wholly inclined to all evil to precede all actual transgressions just a further further statement about the nature uh, of our sin, our sinfulness. Let's also look at um, chapter 9. And we're going to look at paragraphs 3 and 4. So chapter 9 is of free will. Man, by his fall into a state of sin... has wholly lost all ability of will to any spiritual good accompanying salvation so as a natural man being altogether averse from that good and dead in sin is not able by his own strength to convert himself or to prepare himself thereunto. so just further further discussion about uh, the nature of our our sin our sinfulness and how are we we are born into original sin Um, paragraph 4 when God converts a sinner and translates him into the state of grace he frees him from his natural bondage under sin and by his grace alone enables him freely to will and to do what that which is spiritually good yet so as that by reason of his remaining corruptions he does not perfectly nor only will that which is good but does also will that which is evil but I think this is important because this shows us that even though um, we are corrupt uh, by original sin. That we, when we are redeemed, uh, God does give us an ability um, to to seek after that which is good. And so, when Scripture commands us to be imitators of Christ, uh, to love as Christ loved, to forgive as Christ forgive, things we could not do um, in our depravity. Uh, <laughs> But but with our redemption and with the help and work of the Holy Spirit, we now are able to do in some small measure. Uh, We will never do it perfectly until our glorification, but we will continue to be sanctified in these ways through the help of the Holy Spirit. All right, so let's look at also, um, and finally, chapter uh, 31, paragraph 1. Chapter 31 is of the state of man after death and of the resurrection of the dead. Paragraph 1. The bodies of men after death return to dust and see corruption, but their souls, which neither die nor sleep, having an immortal subsistence, immediately return to God who gave them. The souls of the righteous, being then made perfect in holiness, are received into paradise, where they are with Christ and behold the face of God in light and glory waiting for the full redemption of their bodies, and the souls of the wicked are cast into hell, where they remain in torment and utter darkness, reserved to the judgment of the great day. Besides these two places, for souls separated from their bodies, the Scripture acknowledgeth none. Um, So we see here, uh, unlike what some believe uh, and some teach, uh, man does not become deified man does not become divine in his nature uh in his glorification um, but we do upon glorification uh, finally become sinless and get to uh, joy in and worship our, our creator perfectly for the first time what a wonderful thing that will be right so um Anyway, any questions or thoughts you had on what we read here in our confession, especially as how they relate to what we studied uh, tonight? Was this uh, was this a helpful session? Yeah, I think it was. I think. Um, I think in some ways I got even more out of this session than than the last session, which surprised me. You know, you would think just automatically in communicable attributes. Okay, we're talking about the glory of God, you know. Just, um, but it's amazing to think how in depth you can get into um, the nature of man and and how we are called to to reflect our, our Creator and and how we can do that and what we can do. Right? Because uh, we are finite uh, creatures so we, we cannot fully uh, reflect God God's character and attributes but we are called to in certain ways okay um, thanks for coming Josh would you uh, close us in prayer Father we
1: come before you in the name of your son his righteousness we know apart from him we have no part with you we thank you so much, Lord, for imparting upon us a measure of your attributes that they would point us towards you and seek to know more of you. We thank you for sending your son and the work that he did. We thank you for your spirit to cause the world to continue to sanctify us and grow those attributes in us that you have communicated to us. God, we ask that you would please continue to invite our minds as we continue to seek after you and that you would watch over us tonight as we go home and throughout our, our days, throughout the week, and until we meet again, that you would bring to our minds these things, that we would upon every opportunity to grow more like you and the things that you've given us, Lord. God, we know that to to whom much has been given, much will be required. There are a few things more that can be given to someone than an opportunity to be an image-bearer to a fallen world. God, I ask that you would please bless us in our endeavors and that even these things would be fruits of the gospel for our children. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen.